All right, everyone, welcome back to another episode here at the Culture and Sports Podcast. I'm Wesley Livingston. I'm Mike Scaramella. And today we have a very special guest, uh, a longtime friend of ours, um, a Fallbrook alum, graduated in 2008. Right now he's currently serving um, in the Marine Corps, a 12-year veteran, I believe, uh, Staff Sergeant, uh, Saber Yeoman. How are you doing? What's up, everybody? Mike, Wes, Good to see you, how man. are you guys doing today? Well, dude, this is uh, it's pretty cool I'm to sorry. have you on. I mean, um, obviously you have a lot of um, leadership skills just being, you know, being a part of the military, but we want to kind of go back, uh, you know, to the beginning to where, you know, where you kind of got started um, when you were younger, kind of looking towards mentors and things like that. When you were younger, who would you say was your biggest mentor right off the bat? Uh, that would be my father, Al. Yeah, Mr. Uh, Senior Yeoman, uh, for sure big mentor and uh, alongside with my uh, with my mom Aisha I was fortunate to have uh, both parents you know be be raised in a two-parent household um, I know a lot of uh, others don't have that uh, opportunity or uh, you know in life but I was fortunate to have both be present so they were a huge impact in my life for sure that's awesome. Did, did they? I, I heard you played like a bunch of different sports. Like yeah, you try. I've heard you tried them all. Um, so who kind of pushed you into all the different sports? Was that something that you wanted to do, or was that something that mom was like, "Hey, get into something else," or was your dad like, "Hey, football only"? What? How did it go for you? Well, to be honest, I, I forgot one. Um, um, shame on me. My uncle lived with me at the time. Um, that was that's my mom's brother, on my mom's side of the family. My mom is from Morocco, so he played soccer in Morocco. Um, came out to the United States in the early 90s when I was born and um, was here, lived with us for at least a decade. So he was a big influencer in my life and he was a stud soccer player. And I watched him. He tried out for the, Me- he tried out for the Mexico team uh, when he came here. And that was kind of his passion and his, his goal. So I got a lot of my first, uh, you know, I guess cleats on the ground with him uh, with soccer. That was my... My gateway it's sport. It's not a bad mentor to have. <laughs> you, say it was, you say it was your gateway sport. Was that your, like, your first sport like you fell in love with with soccer? Or was it something that you kind of fell into yeah, doing? You know, after, yeah, for, for sure. Um, watching my uncle go out there and play and like outrun people. And like he used to do, he used to show off, you know, do the whole back kick thing. <laughs> you know, the score goal. The, yeah, the cartwheel and stuff. I'm like, oh, that's so cool. And... Um, so I wanted to do that, and then I guess I'm kind of a visual learner, so like seeing um, Tony Gwynn playing baseball and smashing balls and stuff like that, I wanted to play baseball. Right. And then, you know, seeing all these other things, um, I mean, all these other pro athletes like on ESPN and the highlights, uh, I was like, that, I want to do that. I want to do that. Really bad, so. <laughs> so for your, for your uncle, super interesting to me, so... Um, when he came by and you played soccer after that, what was like the different mentalities between your brother and like, or your, your uh, uncle and where, you know, playing out in Morocco versus the coaches and mentors that you had here playing soccer? Was it totally different or what? <laughs> oh yeah, totally different. I mean, uh, for one, my uncle, like he started playing soccer at a very young age and his passion was a lot different than mine. So like he saw it as a way out of Morocco you know, um, as he as he grew older, you know, you, you start realizing that there's a business side to to sports. His his passion was there and his skill was there, but 
um, his desire and drive was like he was hungry, you know, hungry, hungry, hungry. Um, kids over there at a young age learn and like they learn the sport and they, they do things differently because he was playing out in the streets. My uncle told me uh, many times he, he didn't even have shoes. So a lot, of, a lot of, you know, you see it on commercials and other things like he lived it. Kids playing barefoot, running in the streets, stubbing their toes, you know. Uh, playing with balls that aren't even really yeah. soccer balls. That was my that was my uncle, you know. So he had a different appreciation for the game than I did. You know, I can just go down to the store, uh, buy cleats, and go buy a soccer ball like in the blink of an eye if I wanted to. Right. And he had he had to work for every, you know, second that he was on that field. You know, so a lot different. Totally. He so he like I could tell by the way he's looking. He's like, oh, you're having fun, like. Cool, you know, back in my day, blah blah blah. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, I know, I know. I'm never gonna be as hard as you. Way, you know? way of life. It kind of, it kind of reminds me of like um, Dominican Republic in baseball. Um, I mean, a lot of oh, those yeah. guys. I mean, you know, they're trained from early age. Hey, look, this is a way out. Like, you know, you get good at this. There's a chance you go yeah. and do what you want to do. And same kind of thing. You know, a lot of those guys no cleats and then come here and then sign contracts and do big things. And it, it's it's just a cool development to watch. Yep. It's definitely a oh, shit yeah. change, yeah. cultural change. Um, so I, I obviously know you played a little bit of football um, in high school. What got you? What got you started in football? And then second, my second question: What got you started to play quarterback? That's what. That's what I'm thinking. So I really want to know playing <laughs> okay. a quarter, playing right, quarterback so. in Fallbrook. I want to know how that came okay. about. So, I'm a Fallbrookian at heart. I was born in a Fallbrook hospital. Uh, a lot of people don't know that. <laughs> Um, but what got me started in football was Michael Vick. Okay. Um, I, uh, football was one of the last sports that I kind of like got around to playing. Like I played, you know, baseball, t-ball, soccer, indoor soccer. I ran, you know, I did all those other things, but football was kind of the one that I was just like, man, I never put the pads on. I never put the helmet on. I didn't play, but never like, I never took the step forward to go play because my mom's was kind of like hey, people get yeah. hurt really bad playing the sports, yeah. you know? But uh, I remember, the I don't know who they were playing, but I remember watching Michael Vick, um, and he was playing for Virginia Tech at the time. Mm. He's running down the sideline, and he's got, like, two dudes to beat, and he jumps into the air. He's, like, at the three-yard line and gets flipped into the end zone and, like, almost lands on his feet, kind of, and, like, oh, man. Just, I think that was in, like, every magazine... <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah. Dude, I remember seeing that. Yeah, and I watched that on 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 football the highlights because I would watch football, you know, and um, I'd watch uh, also NFL yearbook that yeah. they had on ESPN. Yes, and oh man, the music, the 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 hype, like the backstory. Yeah. But watching Michael Vick do that, sacrifice his body and jump and flip, because I was also doing gymnastics. I was like, bro, set. Yeah, I'm there. And I convinced my mom. I was like, mom, I want to play. And she knew she knew how I was and. Anytime I was like, hey, I want to do something, she knew I would, I would obsess over it. And so she's like, oh, not my baby, please. please. <laughs> so then that next spring, there I was uh, signing, uh, signing up at the Avocado Festival to play football. Nice. And I remember weighing in, and they're sizing me up for my stuff. And I was like, ooh. Yeah, excited to get all the gear, dude? Like, I remember, I remember yep, that. Yep, excited yeah. to get, get all the gear. I'm like, I'm going to be the next Mike. Vic, I don't care what it takes. Were those pads to sleep that happened. night? I, 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 yeah. I remember where my no sleep, but I I woke up and I hit reality, man. I was I was probably one of the bigger kids on the field, so I started off playing center. 
So I, instead of throwing the throwing the rock, I was handing it. Well, I was handing it center? off to the quarterback. <laughs> How yes. big were you? Was this it freshman year, right? Or when did you start playing football? No, this is this is Pop Warner. This is when I was like uh, ten. Okay, so you were younger, and, but you were uh, you were bigger. Yeah, yeah, a little bigger. And then I stopped growing. It was weird. Like it, in junior high, I stopped growing. It was weird. <laughs> um, and I didn't start growing till my junior year in, in high school. But uh, yeah, that was, so I played center and middle linebacker, and then I was also a guard, and then I was a kicker because of my soccer skills and. It wasn't until I think my third season, I was actually, sorry, I take that back, my second season where I was like, hey man, like let me try out for quarterback, I could throw the rock a little bit, and then, yeah, I kind of went from there, and then grew. And did your coach um, know that you were so a, played, a senior before, or a center before that, was he like, you're a center, like I'm not sure if I want to give you the rock to throw, was Yeah. He he was he like, okay, go ahead. He knew, and I think that was one of the things. Is I told him, I was like, "Yeah, I would like what position do you want to play?" I was like, "I'd like to play quarterback." And they're like, "Well, we're gonna let you learn the game first. Okay. And I was like, okay. "Cool, that's awesome." I, you know, I mean, I was a little kid, so I was like, "Oh, I'm playing football. Yeah, whatever." Just put me on the field. So yeah, I played center, no quarterback, and I was uh, I was a better linebacker than I was a center. Um, so defense was my thing, yeah. and then uh, I played both ways, pretty much all pop Warner. Yep. And would you say um, your, you said your mom is always kind of worried about you getting hurt on the on the sidelines? Was your dad uh, the same kind of way, or was he was he more like, hey, you better hit that guy or, or that take kind of thing? Because sometimes you get both like both tails of the take. You know, you get kind of both sides. And then it's just like it's kind of uh, interesting to see how it kind of plays out with the person at hand. You know. Uh, so here's the funny thing: uh, when I hit the field, man, you couldn't keep my mom quiet, man. <laughs> like. <laughs> When I was tackling dudes, getting safeties, running, you know, stripping the ball, running, running touchdowns back, or doing whatever, and like being with my team, which is what I love, my mom would do her little Moroccan la, 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 anytime we scored, <laughs> and my dad was quiet, this super quiet. He's always that way, super quiet. Um, but he didn't show it or tell me, hey son, you know, don't get hurt. But he was always like in the back of my mind. He's like, focus on your education. Like, that's the most important thing to do. So I'm yep. just like, cool, you know? So he was like a fan, but he wasn't like the dad who was like consistently talking about the sport or, you know, I knew he uh, he supported me because he obviously drove me to practice and was asked me how my day went. And then he also got involved. He was like the equipment manager. Oh, so nice. he was like low key. Yeah, he was like low key, you know, supportive, but always not involved like, somehow. you know, yeah, always involved somehow, like in the, in the background. That's cool. And, uh, and that's kind of where I learned, you know, indirectly teamwork as well. Like, you know, you, you don't have to be the shining star. You don't have to be all that. You know, you can support in other ways. And um, it was interesting to have that dynamic, you know, in my mom shift from, oh, no, not my baby, to, hey, get it done. Because like, yeah. she's Moroccan, too. So she's like, yeah, hey, hey, get it done. At the like, end of the day, no excuses. Yeah. <laughs> um, playing, playing quarterback yeah, at, at the end of it, playing quarterback, did you – you feel like a different sense of like responsibility to the team at, from your, your different positions? Did you feel like a, a, a heightened leadership role? Did you, um, what differences did you feel when you did step into the quarterback, that leadership role? Man, it was, uh, it was cool being a middle linebacker and playing offensive and then being the quarterback as well. Um, I, I guess it kind of naturally happens. Uh, like you, as the quarterback, you kind of like command everybody's like looking at you yeah. and that's honestly one of my favorite things like looking back at it 
even now, you know, you hang up your helmet or you hang up your shield, if you will. Um, looking up at the dudes in the huddle, you know, and they're like, what now? Yeah, what yeah. next? And, yeah, and, and you know, and like, they, feed, they feed off of you. Um, so, yeah, you, you do feel that leadership on, like, on your back a lot of the times. And, like, uh, you feel the weight of your teammates, you know, like, if you let them down, um, it's on you. You know, and uh, with you know, with <laughs> with leadership came, comes great responsibility. Yeah. You know, and um, it's the same thing. It's crazy that those fundamentals have, I mean, and and I would say, quadrupled in the job that I do now. You know, because we we work in a very small team, and it's literally it's the same. You know, it's the same dynamic. It's the same sense of responsibility and sense of ownership that you have to feel. Was was um, being a quarterback now like. Uh, I was gonna say, was being a quarterback was that your first real sense of that, um, or did you have a, like any you know anything before that, or was that like the very first time where you're like, yeah, hey, this is like this is this is a team effort. It's on me. I'm the leader here. Got to um, bring the team together. I felt like that in soccer, um, but in soccer, like I was so young, it wasn't um, as serious. Because you know when you, I guess when you grow into when you start growing into a sport, you start taking it more serious kind of like referring back to my uncle, like he, there was a point in his life where he enjoyed and he played and then he start, you know, you start maturing and you're like, all right, what does the future start looking like? Um, so I guess, um, sorry, what was the question again? I don't, I don't want to go around it. That's right. No, I, well, I think like more of the main, the main uh, point of it was actually to see if, um, if that was like the biggest the, or the most responsibility you felt as like a team leader. Yeah, like, you know. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Um, so yes, um, in that and where I was as like a teenager with all that build up and like you start to understand the game better, and you, you know you start looking towards the future and you're 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 knee deep in the season, like yeah, you, you, that was it. Like you always, I always look forward to football because it like changes your whole life. Like it's it's a lot of work doing the two days in the summer. It's a lot of work doing you know not going on on weekends, dedicating your you're pretty much dedicating your life to it. Yeah. So like when you have more responsibility, you make, well, in my, in my position, you feel, you feel yourself making more sacrifices, if you will. Like you're not going to go out. You're going to spend more time setting the playbook because the team relies on you. And I started feeling that, I guess, freshman year, you know, sophomore year. Um, I wasn't even, I wasn't even really getting a lot of playing time at that time, but I felt like the sense of hey, my guys need me. And the beautiful thing about that was, like, most of those guys I played Pop Warner with, I grew up with. Yeah. So we all know, hey, come, you know, come summer, fall time, it's time to whip it on, you know, that, that cohesion starts forming. And it's, like, nonverbal, you know, all right, let's start training. Like, before you know it, you're at the park on Saturday throwing the ball around, running routes, and the season hasn't even begun because you guys are all on the same level, on the same – you have that same desire, you yeah. know. And there's guys who – you know, and that all depends on, you know, dynamics. Like, I had two parents, or, you know, other people have other stuff going on. You know, life's tough. You drag guys along, you're like, hey, come on, bro. Some guys don't even take take it serious, yeah. you know, um, as, as serious as you do. And that's okay, you know, because everybody has their own walk in life. But it, it, you still have that cohesion, you know, that one commonality is you're playing football. You're playing, like, and Fallbrook at the time was like, they used to like shut down still like you know some businesses to watch us play yeah. so it was kind of like a big deal and you still have you have so you have the whole town behind you you have your buddies behind you 
and you start yeah it's it's a great feeling um for sure and it's definitely like um i guess above yourself in a way you know you start feeling that camaraderie and that responsibility for your teammates absolutely yeah so let's transition into um after you graduate um high school um, you go directly into the military after graduation no so I played a, I tried to play a season, I guess it was a gray shirt at Palomar Junior College. Okay. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's okay. what it was, yeah. Yep. So I, you know, I tried to play football there and there's some good players there. Yeah, man. I remember, um, yeah. But they, but they recruit uh, for junior college, you know, and they, um, they take it very serious. Oh, yeah. yeah I had a and, lot of buddies um, that played at Palomar. A lot of guys that couldn't make grades or got dropped from their D1 schools usually yep. went to Palomar. And then mm-hmm. uh, I feel like the rule was back then you can go to Palomar, play two years and then get drafted. Uh, or you could go, okay, and you have to finish year. out. You have to finish out your season for uh, NCAA. I'm not sure, or finish out your four years, I believe, or something like that before you could sign. Um, I can't I remember sure how it was back then. Yeah, um, things have changed. Yeah, and a lot of guys would. A lot of guys would also, you know, go to a, go to a D1 or D2 school, mess up, right? And then they'd go to right. Palomar, and then they'd get a chance at another D1 school, yeah. And like, get, kind of get a second shot. So there was, <laughs> there was some studs, man. I mean. Um, Southern California does take their junior college, their football junior college serious. Oh, yeah. And um, it was kind of an eye opener for me um, thinking that it was lower, you know, because uh, going, in, you know, from high school, I'd be like, oh, I'll just go play junior college and, you know, try to start and whatever. But there's some good, good, solid studs there, man. Yeah. Just as and big, they, they hit took, just as hard. Yeah, know, just, just just as big fast. and uh, yeah. just as talented and, you know, a, a huge talent pool. And even the, our, our competition was kind of like the same way. Um, I guess California is unique in that way because other states, like, they don't even mess around too much with junior college football at all or JC football. So, well, people take it it for uh, less than it is for sure. It's like, yeah, and then they come out and you're like, oh, these guys are are bigger than some of our D1 guys, faster. And it's pretty crazy. Like, a lot of those guys, I mean, I especially know for Palomar, had a lot of guys that. And just couldn't have the grades, places, uh, yeah. yeah, made a mistake, and then, you know, yeah. had to come down for a little bit, which is unfortunate, but it doesn't mean the talent wasn't there for sure. Well, it's a smart thing to do. Yeah. I mean, smart thing to do, go down, you know, make sure you make grades, get back up, and then show you, you know, show them that you could do it, and then you go back to another school that you want, or, you know, you get drafted out of there if you want to. It's, it's, pretty, it's pretty cool uh, yeah. position to be Yeah, and, and a lot of that was um, actually, uh, if you break down, and this is the conversation that I have with myself, too, and why looking back I was grateful for the upbringing that I had. A lot of those guys, you know, were there for, yeah, grades and, and you know, and, and some other mishaps. And a lot of that, because um, we had mentioned it earlier, mentorship was due to either them not listening or the lack thereof. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's sad to see because uh, most of the guys, I mean, I played football, I played D1 high school and, and other things like that, you know, and I competed, um, but, there's guys that are very skilled, very, very skilled. Um, and it's sad to see and hear that, you know, they didn't go anywhere due to lack of mentorship or just yeah. a toxic culture in their, in their program. So um, you hear about those schools, you know, like across, across the country or even here in Southern California who kind of have like a bad reputation of that. And it's sad to see their good athletes suffer, yeah. you know, and not get the opportunities that they want. And that's what makes uh, the culture and the dynamics so important 
because going back to uh, Fallbrook, you know, and like having being, I guess timing is everything. Having the timing and like the uh, the um, I guess esprit. We call it esprit de corps. Sorry, I don't mean they use military <laughs> terms, but like the uh, the momentum of the um, the backing of the town, you know, like the the town has your back, you know, your buddies have your back. Like that's that was the feel of Fallbrook, and it made the culture within our sport, being football, um, good. Like you you were proud to be a player, you yeah. know, like you were proud to wear your jersey. On Friday, you know, to let everybody know, yeah, it's game day. (laughs) Yeah, this is number nine. Like, I'm number nine, you know, Steve McNair Jr. here (laughs) trying to represent for the, you know, for the the town. And it was more than just about you, you know. It was just like, you know, and our record wasn't even that great. Like, my junior year, I think we were like 0-10. It was terrible. But we went went out there and, like, yeah, and the guys, uh, yeah, (laughs) 11 uh, we didn't count preseason, all right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Shut up, Wesley. <laughs> yeah, no, hey, Victor's, Victor's tell the story. So, yep, 0-11 yep. it was. But um, we still wore our jerseys proud. And we still, you know, like, even though we were like, oh, this is trash, blah, blah, blah. I still remember being like, hey, dude, we're Fallbrookians. Like, we'll get them next time. And that's kind of like, you know, you win some, you lose some. I'm, You know, you have to draw the line of, like, being proud to be a loser, but, like, still having pride because you know that you're going out there and you're playing hard yeah. and you're you're there with your brothers suffering together every day so it is and that camaraderie is so key that camaraderie is so key yeah like do you still keep in contact with some of the guys you played with at whatever sport it was back then i mean i know you i do and it's crazy you like, have a lot of social media yeah but, um yeah i don't no. lifelong friends regardless but of, but yeah and and it's crazy because like i'll pop into town every now and then and what was that man almost 12 years ago and people still like hey what's up quarterback i'm like that's that's how you remember <laughs> and, and honestly you probably I wasn't even that... off about it You're probably like yeah that's right <laughs> no but i wasn't even that good you know like, oh, dude, i remember that one class remember that one pass you threw i'm like you remember that like what <laughs> okay you know I'll, I'll take it that's like, cool though i'm nobody you know i'm nobody but people are like hey what's up quarter what's up qb i'm like hey, what hey up, I'll man? Take it. Like, yeah i'll take that. that was a decade ago man yeah but it's cool um i guess that's another perk of living in a small town yeah um but yeah so see you know going back to those college players man it's just like and you see the same thing in the pros you know like those guys who lose their way you know, due to their mentorship. And um, I think the thing that's important, uh, going back to like remembering where you come from, you know, it's like remembering who you are as an individual, you know, as you grow as a leader into a sport or just as a player or as a teammate, as a father, you know, as you grow older, it's important to remember who who you are and where you came from. Um, and that's a double-edged sword. You know, some guys have a very bad upbringing, so they're like, I need to get the heck out of here. But at the same time, they're remembering where they came from, yeah. and that's their driving force. That's their driving force, you know. And um, on the other, the other part is like, hey, I remember where I came from. I'm so grateful. Thank you, you know. Yeah. <laughs> like, it it could go either way. And honestly, um, even like you said, even the ones, even the people that have the bad upbringings, a lot of times they learn a lot f- from those experiences. I mean, it kind of makes you grow a little bit more, yeah. and 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 keeps you out of it in the future sometimes, you know. So I mean, if you're learning from it, I mean, it could be. Uh, a decent thing, even though it was a you know a, a rough time in, yeah. in somebody's past. It's it's wild for me to think because I feel like some of the 
most and more troubled kids growing up um, are some of the best, you know, citizens today, you know, as adults, because they've been through yeah. so much, you know, whether they're in and out of juvie or, you know, striving not to get back there or, or whatever, you know, whatever, whatever it is. Um, some of those, some of those people are some of the, you know, most strong and hardened people because they've been through a lot, you know, in their past. And it, yeah. so that's why I think it's, it's especially, you know, it's still okay to look back if you had a hard past because that still made you who you are also, you know, so I think, it, yeah, it is a yeah. sword. It is, it goes both ways, so. And I, and I believe that the sports teach you that resilience as well, okay? Because people forget, and this is why I believe um, sports are very important. No matter if you're playing football, soccer, it's the, it's the foundation of taking your losses and rolling with it, you know? Because not every play is a, is a success. Not every, um, you know, every game is a victory. And it, it teaches you and especially if you can if you have the opportunity to to start sports young the culture of it teaches you how to balance that you know how to balance your l's with your w's you know and um it it also helps you with that resilience because of that you know it's like there's so many i could go on for days about you know the the positives of of sports and like the culture the good culture it, it breeds because Accountability, something that I believe in this day and age we're lacking as a society, in my opinion, is accountability. Um, sports, I mean, there's nothing, there's no more writing on the wall than how you perform. Your teammates will let you know, and your coaches will let you know. You don't bring, you don't bring what you got to the table. Guess what, buddy? You're not gonna play. No, yeah. and, you know, there's always a little, there's always um, politics involved or whatever. There's always exceptions to the rule. However, like your work and your performance dictates what your, you know, What's your results. Sorry. The results, right? Whether you're gonna play, for one, and whether you're gonna win. So you just have to learn from your mistakes, you know, and um, and then like learn from each play, even when you don't make mistakes. Oh, how can I be better? The true guys who are self-aware, they know, you know, and then like your buddies know. Like I remember being on the field and being in that role as a QB and like not having to say much, you know, it's awesome when you get to that point. Um, You know, when I look at my receiver and he's thinking the same thing that I am, like, hey, bro, and I don't even have to signal him, hey, we're not, we're running our own audible in our heads. And I'm like, hey, bro, yeah, all right, yeah, you're going to run that post. You see the cover too? Cool. Change rep- that play real quick. Set hike, go. Yep. Repetitions, you know, that resilience of like failure. Hey, we've been here before, right? Yeah. Let's try not to do it again, you know? Like, yeah. um, in my team, I had a, a team chief, you know, we, we, switch, uh, we switch teams every now and then, but I have a, a team chief, uh, Master Sergeant. Uh, he was really, he was a really good, uh, decent leader, and he, he always said something. He's just like, hey, if you're going to make a mistake, that's fine, you're human. But try not to make the same mistake, you know, try not to make right. the same mistake more than twice. Because then you start, you start questioning, you know, my, you know, faith in you as an individual to think. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and, and self-evaluate. Yeah, like you know, like, that's, that's a good point, you know, because essentially that's what sports is. Hey, the guy broke left last time. You know, he, he shrugged his shoulders this way. What is he going to do? You know, and it's, it's a chess game, you know. But it's that resilience. It's, it's getting hit in the mouth, getting back up. 
everything's okay. <laughs> all right. Continue on to the next play, you know, and then do the same thing, do the same thing, do the same thing. And learning how to take a loss. I mean, a lot of people, they, they don't oh, get yeah. that experience. If you're not in a sports, like, you know, a lot of times parents are like, oh, no, you know, you're all winners. Yeah, that's that's cool. But at the same time, it doesn't happen in life. You're not always a winner. That and, everyone gets a I, trophy. I feel, yeah, and I feel like that's that could be a real issue because, I mean, if you don't under, understand how to cope with losing, you're not going to win every time throughout your life there's going to be sales that you lose there's going to be clients that you lose there's things that happen but you know if you don't know how to deal with it i feel like uh you're in a lot of trouble in sports you have to deal with it like you just you do injuries coach changes um you know mishaps off the field all types of things you have to adjust to absolutely pick up the ball and keep it pushing um yep so i i believe so due to all what we're talking about the resilience taking the losses you know, and then going to, going home to face your family, you know, especially after a poor performance. Yeah. I remember Heart. me throwing interceptions. I was just like, oh, my gosh. I mean, there's nothing more. Like, <laughs> you throw it right to the defender. What can you say? Uh, uh nothing. You got to be like, well, yep, I did that. Yeah. Totally read that one wrong. That's, the, that's when you hit the. Hopefully, boys, I'll make it up next time. And then, like, you got to go home, face your family, face your friends. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's rough. Yeah. That's the hard part for me. And you're just like, that's it. That's it. And, and that's a and that's a game, though, you know. And um, it's good to, like, you know, I was pouty a couple times. And, you know, we're all human. But what does that mean? Like, I cared for one, you know. Yeah. And, like, some of the guys who throw fits are just like, hey, dude, I wouldn't have gone about it that way. But at least he cares. You yeah. know, at least he's passionate about something. You know, with the right mentorship and like more reps of losing, he'll he'll learn to cope with it. <laughs> he'll learn to develop, you know, the skills to be like, you know what, I've been in this situation before. Well, you know, and, and, you know, I, I handled it poorly last time. I'll try to handle it a little better. You know. And also, you want you want people to feel like a win is a win, too, because at the same time, yeah. if everybody's you know winning all the time, he's like, it doesn't really feel like a win if you don't really win. So, you know, that's why if you have your losses and your wins, it's like, okay, well, you can see what a loss feels like. You can see what a win feels like. It's not all the same. Like you want, you want to have that good like experience. So it drives you to do better things in the future. Otherwise you're just going to be stagnant and not move. I think, you know, I do like that idea. So oh, you can yeah, kind of take your losses and kind of say, hey, look, what, what can I do different here yeah. over here? And even on your winning side, yep. like, what can I, what, what can, can I, I improve change on, to do better? on this side, yeah. on my winning side as well? Because even in a win, there's kind of, mistakes made. There's always mistakes made. Oh, yeah. How many plays have been blown on, on games that you've won, you know? Uh, there's yeah, exactly. losses in a, in a game that you win. So, I mean. Yep. How many, how many every play. So Every play. Yep. This, this analogy, I, I use it, and I've used it before, and um, before my memory, you know, fades away from myself, I will continue <laughs> to use it. Uh, you know, as a QB, you have a different perspective a little bit. I would say, because I've played a lot of the positions, receiver, you know, lineman, quarterback, so I kind of know the field a little bit, but uh, when you're a quarterback, you get to see a little bit more, you know, you're more aware, you're reading the defense, you're calling the shots, and I remember distinctively all the time, um, people taking the L's as we're we're winning. I remember uh, one of my left tackles in high school was a small dude like we did not have big linemen when I was playing and these guys had heart as lions man I'm telling you to to for them to look back at me sometimes when I would get sacked or I would have to like get out of the pocket and extend the play or do whatever the the look on their faces like some of some of my buddies were so close you know and we weren't even we wouldn't even hang out like out of out of school or you know after practice whatever but as a unit we were close you know um 
But these guys tried so hard, man. Heart of Lions. And I, I felt like so undeserving. They would grit their teeth, you know, plant their cleats into the ground, do whatever they could. And I, you know, just to let the, just to hold the line long enough for me to get the ball away. <laughs> and I knew I had to get the ball off quickly. No offense to them. And like I said, these guys were champions in my mind. But I remember a couple plays of me, um, I had a, um, one of the fastest receivers in the league at the time, Marquis Sumter, as my re- receiver. Um, I remember throwing him a fade route, but before I did, and um, watching in the, like, the corner of my eye, because I have pretty wide peripherals, my left tackle getting destroyed. <laughs> I'm talking like I heard him go, and I'm pretty sure his feet were in the air Perfect. like this. Um, but I got the ball off in time, and we scored on that play. But he got up, was totally destroyed, and he was defeated. And did he lose that one-on-one, you know, altercation with the defensive lineman? Absolutely. Absolutely. But there's 11 players on the field, man. Yeah. So, you know, some people are taking losses while others take, are taking wins. The, the crowd was cheering for Marquise as he caught the fade route, nice and perfect down the sideline, but no one was booing my left tackle for getting destroyed right. at the same time, right. you know? And he got up disgruntled, but he was uplifted the fact that we got the ball off and I, and I scored. And yeah, his said, job was done. Better next time. His job, his job was he done. Scored. He did what he had to yeah. do, but and he was still... He still was humble enough to self-evaluate and say, I got destroyed on that play. And I say, hey, say no more, bro. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but thank you. Cut thank him. you for Cut your sacrifice. Time, yeah. Thank you for your service. You know, thank yeah. you for your service. Um, and that's how it is. And, and I tell people sports are important because, like, where do you learn that lesson when you're not playing sports? So, like, if you're in, high, you're in a high school situation and you're, you're, in, you're in middle school and you're in a high schooler, and you're not playing sports. You're not playing a, a sport like football where you're literally sacrificing your body for the player next to you almost every single play. Where do you learn that? Where I, feel else? Like, I feel like you don't reading, until you get reading a work situation. Reading a book? Wa- watching a movie? Like, it doesn't get more real than that, guys. And, and, that, and that's what I try to explain to people. I'm like, even if he grows up to be, you know, have a, like, make poor decisions in his life or he goes down a bad path, that left tackle that I'm referring to, in that moment, he was a he was a team player. In that moment, he was willing to give everything for me, a guy who was not even his blood, you know. And that's what people miss, I believe, when they're you know when they don't do it, you know, or they're not they're they're going to, uh, about sports the wrong way, or they're not really into it, or they don't do sports at all. And um, I think that is huge is huge lesson to take, you know, with you. And regardless of whether that left tackle is a businessman or he's a druggie or whatever, in that moment, whether he takes his, those lessons or not, you know, he was still in that situation to grow, to understand, you know, resilience, to understand uh, teamwork, to understand sacrifice, you know. And, I, and the, he's a good dude, and I know that those moments have shaped him to be the man that he is today, the father that he is today, and. To me, it, there's there's no more better lesson than that, you know, and yeah. um, he, he, it's it's cool, and and like we're not getting he's like we were not we're not getting paid to do that, you know. Athletes get paid, and they learn those lessons every day while they're getting paid. That is beautiful. Yeah. But to not do that, you know, and still be willing to sacrifice that much, if not more, at the time, you know. Look, it's interesting. Looking back, do you think that understanding of what how important 
team is and how important that sacrifice is? Do you think that had um, a huge influence on you joining the military? On yeah, and um, it definitely it, it definitely has, man. Yes, it definitely has. And um, in the, in the early years, I have to admit, in the early years of my life, uh, I sorry, in the early years of my career in the military, it wasn't like that. Um, it is like that now because of where I am in my career. And um, even in, even though there's guys in my career now that feel that I'm in who don't, like you can tell that they didn't have that because they're, they're kind of missing that. Like we're teammates and, you know, you can play just like in sports. You know who your good teammates are and you know who the, the guys who are just like me are. The guys you, know? you throw into right and field you, um, back in like... Uh, you, know, <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm saying? You're just like, okay, cool. Um but there's guys, and it's it's funny to me because that's, I refer to sports so much in my life. I'm like, hey, did you play ball? Sometimes I don't have to ask. I'm like, he didn't play ball. He didn't play ball. You can tell because it's funny. Most of the times you know what he's, like, he's like, yeah, I play, I play tennis. And they're just like, not not nothing against tennis players, but it's just like, okay, individual sport, you know. Yeah. Or, or, or no, I didn't play sports at all. Usually is the answer. And they're just like, yeah, you're kind of not coordinated and you're not that great of a teammate, man. Like, yeah. you just don't get, like, it doesn't click. But then, it's like, it takes, you know, it's like but, allocating different duties to people. Like, this is, this is what we yep. need you to do in order for this, this team thing to work. You know, it's yeah. like, that's so big. Yeah. Like, football and in the military, you rely on somebody else to do something to keep you safe or to keep, you know, make this work, this machine work the right way. So I think that correlation between us is so close and so prevalent. Like, Correct. But to be fair, and like I said before, there's always an exception to the rule. There has been phenomenal teammates who never played sports because of their upbringing, you know, because of the culture that they grew up in and right. because of who their parents were or their life, you know, their situation in life. And like maybe they were treated poorly, and they don't like they don't want to be treated like that. They want others to be treated good because they were treated poor, so they help out more. And so, you know, it's super unfair to me to be like, oh, he played sports, and he, so he's great. No, there's dudes who didn't, right. or who who played sports and who aren't good teammates either. Like I like we said before, so it's just a good guy. I just wanted like, to to, clar- to clarify that, but to, that <laughs> yeah, like you said, that tends to to guide me and be like, yeah. mm, well, it makes know? sense. I mean, yeah. it's a good guide for anybody. I mean. <laughs> uh, just like same thing and like you said with like with like the work thing so like if they've never been in a team atmosphere everything in my my sale i'm in sales everything is a, a team effort if i have to send my things over yep. here they do something that passes over this way and then it comes back to me and it's all something like if and everybody that we work with my boss only hires well i wouldn't say he only hires but everybody that he has hired has been on some kind of team and or yeah. has that kind of or, or has that mentality uh, there was there was a couple people that weren't on teams, but they had that mentality where it was like you know they knew they knew how to be involved on a team, and, and it was something that they didn't learn until after they were done with high school and they didn't play any sports, but they had to learn it you know in their business, which took them a lot longer. You know, something that we might have had um, a little earlier because we've been guided by sports. Yep. Yep. And 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 um, that mentorship, just being around mentors, whether it be a coach, because if you're surrounded by that consistently. You are you're being you're kind of being guided, not not necessarily told what to do. Um, if you have a good coach, he'll let you, you know, he'll he'll let you try to perform the way that you're supposed to perform. He'll let you grow the way you're supposed to grow. But he'll be like, hey, hey, hey right. you better you might want to look out. And, you know, like my <clears throat> coach, um, I'm just gonna refer to him as CS. <laughs> That's it. those are his initials. One of the best men, not just coaches, uh, best men that I knew, best man that I know. 
he is still a part of my life. Um, and he, in the beginning, I, I mocked, I mocked him a little bit with all the other players. Cause he, he, he brought in a new feel like junior, senior year. We went 0 11 with him. And then our senior year, he's like, Hey, we got to revamp. We got to look within ourselves as human beings. Forget the program, you know, forget the program. His motto was character counts. And boy, let me tell you, there, the decisions that he made for us to be good young men and the sacrifices he took and the nastiness that came from some of the parents. And mm. he didn't give in because he knew it was important because he lived that life. He, he, was, he was a stud. He was a, a corner and a safety for UCLA. He played in the Rose Bowl. This guy played for the LA Rams back in the day. Like he's, he's as OG as it gets. You know, much respect to him, and he's been there, done that. And he knows in the end, when you are hanging up your shield and you are hanging up that helmet, what is important. You know, the the the, the, uh, the life that you led, as a, you know, the culture that, that should have shaped you to be a better man because at the end of the day, or a better woman, or a better mother, a better father, because at the end of the day, that's what counts. And if your sport and your culture and your mentors don't teach you that, then there's there's something missing, you know. And I, I can use the same analogy to the military, you know. I've had I've had guys that get it, they go and they serve their country honorably, man. And they they give the total sacrifices, because it's a it takes a lot out of you, you know, to go to foreign countries to do to put put yourself in those situations, uh, certain situations, and then try to come back home, and try to to you know to work your way back into society. Yeah. There are those who cannot make that transition. And to me, there's no worse, it's like a failure to not only yourself, but like, you know, from maybe, uh, you know, some people blame the institution, but it's like, if you can't return as a citizen with your honor and dignity and, and cope with society, the thing that you sacrificed for, you know, and the time that you gave away for, for yourself, then it's not, it wasn't worth it. It's not something happened, you know, that didn't go well and to me that's a failure and I and I think the coach saw that in sports and why you know how a culture can be toxic but he he, he said character counts that's what matters yes we'll be good we'll produce good athletes we'll you know we'll produce winning you know hopefully a winning season but at the end of the day I can rest easy knowing that the the players that step on on the field are held accountable you know they are men. They, they, they do the right thing when no one's looking. And that is huge mentorship. Yeah. I mean, it touched me. It worked on me. It tried to make me a better person. Like I said, I mocked it at first. Ah, whatever, dude. Blah, blah, blah. We just want to, you know, lay people oh, out. We just want to, you know, throw some yeah. touchdowns, baby. You know, blah, blah, blah. And you grew, we grew together. And it was growing pains. Mm -hmm. yeah. But... Much respect to him because, regardless, no one could take that away from him. That he made his players better, and that he took the time to do that. And I'm talking about we had talks late. He went the extra mile, and you know, mentor and mentorship it doesn't end. Like I said, I still call him, ask him for advice, and this is 10, 12 years later. That's awesome. You know? So you're and, still in touch um, with him right now? Still in touch with him. Oh, still in touch with him. I have him on my phone. We talked to him last yeah, week. That's amazing. Hopefully, we get to meet up soon. That's yeah, cool. hopefully, we get to meet up soon. You know, and. And even throughout the uh, progressions of my military career, and you know, because there's certain graduations that are involved, or certain ceremonies that are involved to celebrate, you know, what you what you accomplish, he was there. I invited him every time. 
and uh, he didn't make them all, but just it's like, man, you know, it's important. Not everybody has that either. Not everybody has that either. And some some people don't step outside of themselves to realize what they do have, as in like a good coach and a good and a good mentor. Some people get in their own way. That's just a human factor. And it's just hard Um, to ask for the mentorship. Hard to ask for help if it's not like a coach that's yours. It's hard to go up to someone and say, "Hey, look, you know, I I need some help. Can you help me out?" So. Yeah, because we know yeah. a lot growing up, a lot of your mentorship came from your family, you know, your mom, your dad, yep. um, your uncle, stuff like that. Um, as far as your professional career, um, have you, we talked about this in our previous episode um, of seeking out mentors, or do you have any mentors that you've met along your professional career that you um, kind of seek their advice in certain situations, or, because, um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I And I still refer back to the old ones, because... I'll tell you, it's like uh, in my professional career, it's a, it's. I, I'm not gonna sit here and say it's the same as football because it's not, but it presents and or like any other the sports that I played, but it presents some of the same issues. You know, um, what do I do? Like how much hard, like how much harder do I have to work in order to accomplish a task? How many repetitions does it take to be good at something? You know, like who's gonna hold me accountable? My teammates, like you run into the same issues, a lot of the same fundamental issues. I call them fundamental issues because it's the fundamentals of, of sports. It's the fundamentals of teamwork. It's the fundamentals of all that. And it, it just, you're putting on, instead of putting on my football pads and putting on uh, a, a plate carrier now with a, a, you know, with a Kevlar on. So it's just like, and I'm using kind of the same lessons that I learned, you know, hey, how to fill gaps when I'm injured, being the water boy. Now it's like, hey, when I'm when I'm down, how do I help my team out still? Yeah, discipline. Do I do I take the late shift? You know that discipline, that that resilience, like it sticks with you. You know, so some of the issues that I do have in my professional career, I look back to what you know where I came from and like the situations that I had in my life, you know, in sports, and then I also use the same mentors: my father, my uncle, my coach. Uh, for those situations in the military and it's crazy you know it's two different things but it's almost like the same hey what would you do in this situation and my dad he was in the navy for 23 years or tw- sorry 24 years and i hardly t- i hardly talk about his time in when he gives me advice it's it's manly advice not really service advice it's you know what would you do my coach i'm like hey coach what would you do in this situation or hey what do you think about this and i'm asking a coach and he doesn't realize the amount that he's helping me do military stuff, right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm like, hey, I'm, we're saving lives over here. Like, I tell him later, I'm like, hey, bro, thanks to you for your help and your guidance, you know? And he's the kind of guy who's just like, oh, if I'm in a training jam or something, I'm like, if I'm ever on the East Coast, he's like, oh, I'll fly you up. We can take care of it now. And he's flown me on several occasions because um, he has that opportunity to do so, and we'll have a discussion or help me out. And I'll be like, dude. He'd be like, say less, I got you. And I'm like, holy cow, man. Having that. That is awesome. And then in that backstop, not everybody has that, you know. And that, took, that relationship took a long time to develop. But it, it, de- it developed with the reps. The reps of him being a coach and a mentor and the, rep, the reps of me receiving and then me feeding back, you know. And he's told me on multiple occasions, you know, um, players teach you more about yourself than you do you know, as well. So hearing him, uh, you know, coming from the coaching perspective 
you know, in the mentorship realm, saying how much we affect his life. So I guess it's a two-way street, and I, I can't say I guess because me being in the military and now being in for 12 years, I am that higher-ranking guy. I am that mentor to the younger Marines coming in and the younger service members. Even when I meet, um, you know, in different countries, and there's like young privates and stuff who are just like, I don't know what to do. It's like, don't worry, bro. I got you. We'll show you. You know, you were all there. At <laughs> I one got point, you. I'm sure. I remember when I was, in, yeah, I remember when I was in your shoes. Boy, I wish I had a mentor yeah. to help me. You know, but I will help you as much as I can. But, uh, <laughs> but sometimes you don't always get. Yeah, you don't always get that opportunity, you know, and uh, but it's interesting, you know, those life lessons. I'm like, man, should I be hard on these guys or should I handle it with grace like coach handled it with grace, you know, or should I be aggressive like my dad was when he needed to be? Yeah, I think I should be aggressive this time. Yeah, <laughs> but also, but also you know, the thing so. that other people need different forms of, you know, correct, uh, you know, constructive yep. criticism or, you know, exactly pushing them. So that's that's a balance. I'm sure it's tough for you being able to mentor different yeah. people with different backgrounds and different, you know, um, situations. So it's, I'm sure that's really tough. For... Yeah. And that's something, and that's one of the skills that, you know, the, the being in the service and being in the sports has taught me. It's just like, uh, and that's one of the, the words of advice that my coach gave me was, uh, you know, back in the day when I was a junior Marine, you know, he said, Hey, you know, you get, sometimes you just got to know your audience. Because I was talking to him about something that I remember. I remember like it was yesterday. I, the coach, we had just won our game. Um, we had just lost barely. It was senior night. And, uh, you know, the politics of football, people want their kids to play. And I, I split time as a starter, to be honest. So I didn't, I didn't play every single game either. But I remember like... Uh, certain parents coming up to the coach and me and like and scowling at him and me like you're the worst coach I've ever met I'm so sad like that my son played played with you and like I know who the player is because I know his parents and I'm just like wow and they're just like you're a disgrace pretty much and coach is just like all right thank you very much you know have a good night and it's just like holy cow man like <laughs> your coaches get racked for just, so many things yes and that, that's the other thing that like you don't see because not everybody. You know, and I, you know, I believe this, like, I believe this too, you know, growing up, it's just like, especially nowadays, like with the accountability part, it's just like, you know, pleasing everyone, trying to please everybody is like the key to failure. It, it just is, you know, especially in our line of work, you got to set the standard, man. You know, yep. you got to set the standard. And like, if people don't operate to that standard, they're like, hey, sorry, like, I guess you didn't cut it. It's the only way to make it fair. If you try to go... Yeah, if you try to please everybody, oh, like, oh, oh, yeah, they get a piece, too, even though they didn't work as hard. Kind of like what you were saying, everybody gets a trophy. Nah. Hmm. If you stick by your guns and you set the standard, people will be better for it because you're, they're held accountable. Right. Like, did you do this? Right. And, like, like I'm, I was, I'm a, I'm, I, I did run track when I was younger, and something happened to my body. I slowed down. I was, like, setting <laughs> records that, like, like so as like a younger kid, and then like my, now I wear like size thirteen shoe. I'm just like, I guess I have rabbit feet. I I should be faster, but I'm slower. <laughs> um, but that's just like me trying to go to a track meet and be like, yeah, I'm gonna run in the 440. And the coach is like, nah, you ain't got it, man. And I'm just like, wait, why not, bro? Come on, man. I wanted to run my whole life. I used to set records when I was in junior high. Well, that's irrelevant because you got rabbit feet and you're slow now. Uh, you're not gonna be. You're not gonna make the team, and I'm gonna be like, all right. I will do. If I was, 
<laughs> I don't even have to try out. Watching these guys just blow past and setting records, I'm like, yeah, you're right, dude. Yeah. I'm gonna self-evaluate on this one. Yeah. You were absolutely right, coach. Like, you're absolutely right. some things aren't for you know, aren't aren't for everybody, and you just can't push. You know, like some of those people saying that to the coach is like, dude, their kids were barely, you know, not trying that hard at practice. Like, they weren't. Their character wasn't there up to par. You know, like they weren't doing the little things that other players were doing. And um, some people just believe that, you know, they should have certain things. But in life, if you learn that lesson younger, you know, even through sports, you know, hey, man, you shouldn't be on the field if you don't rate to be on the field. You know, well, you could change yeah, the word all the field time is, in sports. And that's yeah. why it's important. It's to like, because you earned your spot. The repetitions, like you said, like the rep, uh, repetitions, more repetitions you get at yep. winning and losing, the better you're going to comp, you know, take handling. Exactly. It. Handle it in the future. Exactly. So. Repetitions, 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 man. And that's literally what separates the pros from the, from the, the Joes. It's repetition. Even in my line Absolutely. of work, man, repetitions of the basics of the basics of the basics. Um, you know, looking into other societies, because I'm like Americans are 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 super. You know, the first ones are like a lot in our culture. Cause I relate American culture to the culture in sports because it's kind of one and the same. You go to these different countries, their their cultures are completely different when it comes to sports. And it's funny to hear, it's a double-edged sword. And I, and I won't try not to go down this rabbit hole too long. But like fans, right? Sports fans. You have diehard sports fans in America, man. I mean, kids, people who know stats on like every player and this and that, and they can break down everything. Even an even the analysts, I'm like, man, you guys need to work in this country's uh, financial realm because we would be we would be right. solid. <laughs> but uh, memorize everything but, you do. <laughs> yeah, but the the some of those people who are just like so analytical on the, these players and how good they are and they're in love with these ki- these players man analytical. they cannot play the sport to save their life right to save their life man and you're just like man at least he appreciates the fact that he could do this he can dunk and that's what makes the fans and, and like part of the culture so cool is because it's like you have the people that are cheering you on who cannot throw a football but they love the quarterback they cannot dunk the ball. They can't even shoot a free throw. Because they love but they're like, dude, LeBron, yeah. you know, uh, Kobe Bryant, dude, is the man, dude. You know, I'm just like, man, these guys are sport. And they get them on the court, no skill. And then there's the double-edged sword. The people who who are the exact same way. You get them on the court, no skill. But then they're just like, man, how can you drop that football? Man, <laughs> how can you miss that? How, how can you miss that? And you're just like, man. Do you understand the level at these that these pros are playing at? The amount of repetition that went into that, even the throw, even the you know the quarterback, like dude, he overthrew it by a foot, but he had two dudes in his face, and he was throwing off of his back heel. Like you're not looking at the you know the fun. Let's let's break down the fundamentals of like why the play was bad, right? Yeah. Um, you have those people who don't who don't like look at you know don't empathize and put themselves in that situation because they haven't played you know like, how, like, how can you just man, blow by him like that? Like, at, did you see that sweep yeah. he just did? Like, he just <laughs> yeah, just like, do you know the oh. amount of repetition that that guy is? And and that's something that we do that has transferred over to in my life in the military and in my job. Sometimes we miss out on that, but a lot of the times we don't, and that's what makes. That's what some guys say, you know, in my profession is like, that's what keeps, you know, separates us from, I guess, the guys who aren't so good. It's like we're good at the basics, the repetition yeah. and looking at different different societies from like back in the day. 
um, you definitely can see it. Like, uh, like for example, I will I will refer to uh, the Japanese, the Bushido, the samurai. They those guys um, believed in repetition, repetition, repetition. Learn your art every day. Um, that was that was that is the ethos in them, you know. And it's just like, man, there's other cultures that do. They still continue that. And we do too with our sports and with other things, you know. Imagine like a horse rider riding a horse and doing the same jump, you know, or like I, or every day, every day for two hours, just the one jump every day. He's going to master that eventually. Tiger Woods, what? looking at his videos from when he was a little boy, from when his dad was just like, Tiger, have fun, go play. His dad understood um, how important repetitions were. Hell, I watched you. Tiger swing <laughs> and swing and swing yeah. and swing. I'm like, how many times has oh, he done this? Well, hey, I Watching think, the videos I think we of are him as a young guy, developing into a young teenager, and then him being pro. Um, but Bear, man, man, we totally we, no do, we appreciate you, have, you coming on the show. The amount of repetitions and, uh, and talking that, to you, and, and, I, and I hope we can have you almost, back. And I'm sure yeah, we got a lot just got more to find, more to find, little tweaking, little tweaking, like. To get to where you are, you know, and, and I joke all the time. I'm like, man, yeah, I'll go try and walk on, you know, and try to play football because I miss being in the huddle, to be honest, you know. And, but I, it was repetition, repetition, repetition. Oh, yeah, for sure, man. I, I appreciate you too uh, and culture and sports, you know, as, as in its entirety. Uh, having me on and I think what you guys are doing is important because you guys are peeling back just the layers bettering your life in general, of, you know, just of bettering, things bettering um, and that's why I believe so. cultures and, and sports exist so we can highlight the things that are important you know like like you guys hit on earlier the foundation like where does it start you know and it's super relevant to society yeah man that's the plan that's like, what we, we plan need on this doing. absolutely um, yeah. taking this as far as we can just yeah we, we need this so thank you guys man this you know, is super important I mean, it, uh, it really starts with at whenever the you get into it. You know, can hear this and see this, you know. That's that's super um, important. <clears throat> before we do get off, um, kind of tell us what you're doing right now, and um, you got anything going yeah, on? Jack of all trades at this point. Right now, I'm, I'm doing a house renovation. Um, in, in you know, at my old house that I grew up in, it was just time, man. You know, time caught up with that with the old house. So, you know, brought it to the studs. Gonna re, re, rejuvenate yep. it um, and have my the goal is to have my folks live like king and queen to you know till that's it to the end of their days so that's that's that but for myself i'll be uh moving out i'm always out and about you know with my job being in the military so i'll be moving once again and i'll be taking on a new adventure living in living in my van so um i will be starting a, a vlog for that uh, uh channel and i will be um using this van company outpost vans in oceanside they're good friends of mine. Um, trying to put them out there as far as uh, getting getting big in the van industry. Uh, they're very attention to detail. Good dudes. Uh, they're allowing me to step in their shoes and uh, use all of my uh, fundamentals of leadership and <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. And other things that I learned in life and you know the, uh, and yeah and put those <laughs> skills forward into uh, and yeah. my next journey to live and live and travel the country. So. Well, we definitely want to see it. So when, when you when you come up with, I, I did. I, I learned that. I had to Google that know. word right said, before said, I got oh, on. I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I think I'm using the right term, but just just coach me up and mentor me. <laughs> okay. I think so. I think, I think you're right. I think you're right. I think you got it. Should be good. So we'll definitely be having you on again.
All right, man. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. And we'll definitely be okay. Uh, yeah, have yeah you thank on you guys. Again. God bless, man. <clears throat> and we'll keep do up the again. good work. We'll get some more topics on yep. here with you, okay? Later.